God is good, and, and I'm excited to be here this morning with all of you. We're going to be in Revelation chapter 13 this morning. I really want to cover the entirety of the chapter, but we're going to focus on one verse today. Uh, title of the message this morning is Counterfeit. Counterfeit. So Revelation chapter 13, starting in verse 18. If you would stand to your feet for the reading of God's word. Revelation 13, verse 18. The word of the Lord says this. This calls for wisdom. Let the person who has insight calculate the number of the beast. For it is the number of a man. That number is 666. Father, thank you. Thank you for your love, your grace, your mercy. Thank you, Father, that you are so good to us. Thank you, Lord, that you speak to us even now. Thank you, God, that your word is alive and changing hearts. Father, I pray, Lord, that those who would have an ear, let them hear the declaration of your word this morning. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would just be moving in every single way. Father, it would not be my word spoken, but yours spoken through me. To you be the glory and honor forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Like I said, the title of the message this morning is Counterfeit. And I, I find that the, the more that I look out at society, the more I see that there are just, we're in a world that is missing the genuine. We, we have counterfeit lives. We, what we post on Instagram and Facebook or, or our stories or whatever that looks like, those are just really snippets that we want people to see, but in reality, it's simply a counterfeit. We come to church and, and when somebody asks how we are, we say, yeah, we're fine, we're good, everything's great, but in reality, it's not. And so we live a counterfeit life, putting on a mask and faking it till we make it. The world is full of counterfeits. And I think as we read through Scripture and as you read through uh, the, the Scriptures and just the Bible, the, one of the main themes is there is an ultimate counterfeit individual, and that is Satan. There is an ultimate counterfeit being that at the very beginning in Genesis chapter 3, right, with the fall of man, we see that there is a counterfeit serpent coming in and say, and lying and causing doubt and counterfeiting an identity that God hadn't in intended for Adam and Eve. In this passage, we're reading in Revelation, and Revelation is a very intriguing book because it's things that have not yet happened or or it, it's apocryphal so it's it's saying this is what's going to happen this is a, a prophetic in nature this is what's going to happen in the future and a lot of us we can sit there and we can read the book of revelation and we can take it as a literal understanding of what's going to happen and so we have these giant creatures coming out of of the the sea and in this one the beast is coming out of the sea and he has 10 horns and 10 crowns and all of these things that are going on and we can take that literally or the majority of revelation is symbolic in nature 
The first three chapters are spoken in, in a way that is, this is what is, is happening right now. The first three chapters of Revelation talk to seven churches and, and talk about who the being of Christ is. And then verses four and five is the cosmic reality. There's a, there's a shift and, and a window opens and we see in the window of the cosmic reality of God on his throne. And then it continues on and we have the bowls and the seals and all of these things. And we come to this point in Revelation chapter 13 where the apostle John is opening yet another window for us to see what's going on. And we see in this passage, John gives us a glimpse of three cosmic characters that are, happen, that, are, that are being introduced. One of them we know full well. The first one is the dragon. We see that in the beginning of chapter 13. The dragon, this is Satan. This is the one who, who his tail hit the stars and a third of the stars fell. This, this is the one that led a rebellion against God because he wanted to be God. This is the dragon. And then we see a beast. We see two beasts that are, that, are in, that, that are introduced in this chapter. The first one is the beast that comes out of the sea. It's an individual who has 10 horns and, and, and 10 heads and, and, and 10 crowns. And on one of those, one of those heads looks as if it's been mortally wounded, but it's been healed. This is John talking about this. And this is the Antichrist. This is what, what happens here is that these two individuals, both the beast of the sea and then this next one, the beast of the land, both, both of these individuals, the whole sole purpose of these two individuals is to push us to worshiping the dragon and not God. The point of the beast of the sea, the Antichrist, is this one who comes and, and all authority is given to the beast by dragon. This is governing authorities and powers. This is the state. This is, these are nations that the beast is given authority, a, a national kind of one world governmental authority. And the point of the beast being there, the point of the Antichrist, is to point those to the worship of the dragon. The second, or the third individual that we see is the beast of the land, which later becomes known as the false prophet. You can see that in Revelation 16 and Revelation 19. And this false prophet, the beast of the land, is given is given authority over some supernatural power to be able to perform miracles and set up a fake church, a counterfeit church, pushing a false religion. So that way, everybody that hasn't yet bought into the state of the, the, the Antichrist, you'll buy into the false religion, which inevitably points you to the beast, who inevitably points you to the dragon. The point of all three of these is to turn us all away from worshiping God. The point of all of these is to, since the dragon knows that he's been beat, to take as many people with him as he can. And so we see these three. We see these three individuals that are mere counterfeits of the Trinity. 
we see God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? And now the Trinity, the anti-Trinity, if you will, is set up. The dragon, the antichrist, and the false prophet. Individuals that are there to show us a counterfeit, to make us, help us, to, to aid us in, in worshiping the dragon and not worshiping God. To trip us up. These three are counterfeits. And then at the end of this chapter, it shows us the mark of the beast, right? 666. This is really significant for us to understand this. And I think I, I, I just, I want you to understand that the, the mark of the beast isn't necessarily an actual mark. We're going to talk about that here in a minute, okay? But in this, we see the mark of the beast and six is the number for man. Seven is the number for God. Six is the number for man. It's, it's an incompleteness. You're not God. That seven is God. And the, the number three is also a number for completeness. That's why we have the Trinity, right? That's why we have this false Trinity, this counterfeit Trinity. And so really what's going on here is the mark of the beast is, is something that is completely incomplete. That those who carry the mark of the beast are those who are completely incomplete. We've bought into the counterfeit. Mark of the beast isn't necessarily a physical mark. It's not a tattoo. It's not the vaccine. Mark of the beast. Uh, and, and let's just talk for a minute. Satan isn't that dumb. Satan isn't so dumb that we could be like, oh, there it is. I knew it. I knew they were coming out with a branding iron. Satan's not that dumb. In fact, this symbolism, the mark is on the forehead and on the hands. It's actually symbolic. The Hebrews, they would wear scriptures on their foreheads. And they would bind scriptures around their hands. And, and the point of, of that is, is to sit there and say that our minds are on God. And what we do, we work for the Lord. So the mark of the beast is to have the mark on your forehead means that you have completely adopted the ideals of the dragon. It's not that you've been somehow suckered into getting the mark of the beast. But you have bought into the ideals of the dragon and to have them on your hands is to say that you are acting upon that ideal ideals of the dragon murder and hate and anger disunity buying into the counterfeit really the, the reality is is that the mark of the beast here in the book of revelation and I, I believe for us is it's simply just this buying into the counterfeit Buying into something that is completely incomplete. Something that will say that it fulfills, but in reality it doesn't. So the question that I have for us this morning is, are you buying the genuine or are you buying the counterfeit? This is something that I think is very important for us to understand. That for us as believers, it gets to the point, and I see this more and more so in the American church, which breaks my heart to see. 
But I see this accepting of the counterfeit in order for us to be comfortable or in order for us not to make enemies or any of these things. And so there's some things I believe that we've bought into the counterfeit for. Maybe you've bought into the counterfeit of success, what the world's definition of success, you have to have things, you have to, you have to be somebody, you have to have the position and all of those things. But in reality, Mark 8, 35 and 36 says, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Matthew 6, 19 through 20 says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. These are Jesus' words talking about if you want to follow me, you have to lose your life. That doesn't sound like the world's example of success. If you want to be the best at following Jesus, die. Be the least. And some of us, we've bought into the counterfeit that, and hear me, I'm not sitting here and saying that having money is a bad thing. I'm not saying that. I'm not preaching a gospel of poverty. What I am saying, though, is that if, if we've bought into the counterfeit that our success is based off of what we have and the positions we have, then we've bought into the counterfeit that is not truly what God wants for us. Maybe it's fulfillment. You've bought into the counterfeit of buying in the lie that you have to feel fulfilled in every single thing that you do. You know, it's sad that there, there are times when we will not feel fully fulfilled in things that we do. And that's okay because the Lord is there for us to comfort us. See, sometimes fulfillment, we, we, we buy into the counterfeit of, of that instead of really buying into Psalm 37 verse 4, which says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Maybe you're trying to find fulfillment in the world and, and what Paul would describe in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verses 1 through 5 says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. That's where we're at now. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Maybe we've bought into the counterfeit that in order to feel fulfilled, we must do it the way that the world looks at it, lovers of money, being boastful and proud, saying, look at me, look at how great I am. Or maybe it's buying into the counterfeit of fulfillment that we are the perfect church person and we have a form of godliness yet do not have relationship with God. Maybe it's fulfillment in someone else. Maybe it's, you know, and, and Maybe it's fulfillment in someone else. Maybe it's fulfillment in something else. Maybe for you, you found fulfillment in pornography and the reality is, is you've bought into the counterfeit that you can have love on the cheap. You've bought into the counterfeit 
and you deny what Proverbs 5.18 says, may your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. Find fulfillment in another person instead of the ones that we're supposed to find fulfillment in. Maybe you've bought into the counterfeit of love and acceptance. You've bought into the lie that you have to compromise for love. Proverbs 31.30 says, charm is deceitful and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. What he's saying is, is you could sit there and, and listen to the counterfeit affection that is thrown at you of how great you are and how wonderful you are and all of these things, but the reality is, is charm is deceitful. You can chase after vanity, right? The, that understanding of looking good and making sure your hair's all put together and, you know, you just, you got enough strands over here and all that stuff and your ears brushed just right and, and you got really nice shoes or whatever that looks like. And, and the reality is, is beauty is fleeting. Matthew 10, 21 and 22 says, Brother will betray brother to death. The father, his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. This is Jesus saying this. You will be hated by everyone because of me. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Counterfeit love and acceptance is the world loves me. I'm not saying don't have a good reputation in the world. We as Christians are supposed to, Scripture tells us, right? To sit there and buy in that you're accepted and loved because of these things, and yet when Jesus says, everybody's going to hate you because of me, it gets difficult. Maybe you bought into the counterfeit of the lie of faking it till you make it. Your life is all put together. If you just, if you just smile enough, you know, those, whenever you, you made funny faces whenever you were in grade school and your teacher said that it'll stick there if you, if you hold it there long enough, maybe if you just smile enough, it'll stick there. And everybody will know that you're happy. But on the inside, you're dying. We've bought into the counterfeit that maybe if I just fake it enough. First Samuel 16, 7. Samuel is anointing David king and he's gone through all of David's brothers Older, better looking, stronger, the, the first picks for anybody. And yet, the Lord wants Samuel to anoint David. And Samuel's like, really? Like, this guy? Are you sure? He's just a kid. He's just a shepherd. He's, he's nothing. He's the last of, of his line. And it says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look. This is him talking about other individuals, not David. He's talking about the brothers of David. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Maybe we've bought into the counterfeit that we'd rather look the part than actually be the part. Rather look like we have it all together, look like we're a good Christian, look like we actually know how to pray, look like we actually know what's going on in the Bible, instead of actually being real and doing it. Bought into the counterfeit that we can be Christians on Sundays and Wednesdays, and yet 
we can live like the world the rest of the time. Maybe you've bought into the counterfeit of government. We need to talk about this. Maybe you've bought into the lie that the government will solve your problems. Maybe you've bought into the lie that as long as you vote this person in, our country will be saved. That is counterfeit. The salvation of our nation is not in a senator, a governor, or a presidential candidate. The salvation of our nation is only in Christ. And if your hope is in a candidate, you've bought into the counterfeit. I feel like the Antichrist, the beast of the sea, being political power, I think this is something that is, is very, very important for us to understand that no matter what side of the aisle you're on, the political power always points to the dragon. If you're on the right, there's a tipping point where it begins pointing to the dragon. If you're on the left, there's a tipping point that begins pointing to the dragon. I love you too much. And I'm not sitting here and saying, don't vote. Okay? Vote, absolutely. We have voter guides at the iDesk. Go grab one. What I'm simply saying is, is that if we put all of our, all of our eggs in the basket of government, if we put everything in that we have to, you know, we have to make sure that people understand our position. We have to make sure all of these things, you know, the, the biggest disunity I have seen in the church today has been the past four years because of po politics. How easy it's been for the enemy to separate you because of a mask? How easy it's been for the enemy to separate you because of who's in the White House? We've bought into the counterfeit, brothers and sisters. Let us not do that. Let's not buy into the counterfeit. And, and hear me, I'm not sitting here and saying, again, don't vote, absolutely vote. Vote for the ideals, of, vote, vote in line with scripture. Yes, amen. Amen. Yes. But don't think for one second you can trip up and begin worshiping the dragon because of a political party. Because you absolutely can. And when you think that can't happen, that's when he's got you. Don't buy into the counterfeit of the government.
So we're citizens of heaven, aren't we? Is this about the kingdom, not a government? It's about a kingdom. There's already a king on the throne. He's not voted in. He's there and he's always been there and he always will be there. Philippians 3, 20 through 21 says, but our citizenship is in heaven. We eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Our citizenship, brothers and sisters, although we may be citizens of America, citizens on earth, we are citizens first and foremost of heaven. And buying into the counterfeit of our citizenship here, we've given up our citizenship in heaven. Let's not do that. Maybe we've bought into the counterfeit lie that the church has to be big and flashy and trendy. I know that's none of us in here, right? You know, there's seven churches in the book of Revelation, Revelation chapters two and three, that, that Jesus is speaking to. And of those seven churches, one of them that he usually has, Jesus usually has three different things that he talks about to each church. The first one is Jesus talks about himself and, and he, he likens himself in a certain way, specifically towards that church. Then he has an encouragement for the church, and then he has an admonishment for the church. He says, this is what you're doing. Great, great job. Keep that up. But you got to watch this. Now, in the seven, there's only one church that does not have an admonishment in it. There's one church of the seven, and that's in Revelation chapter 3. It's the church of Philadelphia. The church of Philadelphia is a small church. It's not flashy. It's not, in fact, it's come under a lot of scrutiny. It, people hate the church. And, and, and even the, the, Jesus talks about there's a, a dog of Satan down the street. There are, there are false religions, false teachers that have come in and, and stolen some individuals from the church and, and have started preaching a gospel that is not the gospel. And yet, the church of Philadelphia, he loves this church and he doesn't challenge them or admonish them. He, he simply encourages them and says, keep on being faithful. Keep the faith. Keep your eyes on me. Stay strong. So sometimes we can buy into the lie that we have to be big and trendy and, and attracting all of these people. And it's, it's so great. Look at how much we're blowing up, all these things. But in reality, the calling that we have is, again, just to be faithful. God adds and takes away. We're simply called to be faithful to him. Maybe it's buying into the lie that the church should be anything other than the Acts 2 church. You know, Acts, Acts 2, 42, y'all should probably be able to quote this by now. We did a whole series on it. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. If our church doesn't do those things, and I, we're failing. 
If it's just a, oh, I just want to pray. I don't want to hang out with anybody. Well, I mean, you're supposed to be devoted to fellowship. Well, I just, I just want to, I, I just want to be devoted to fellowship. I don't want to read the Bible. I don't want to pray. I just want to hang out and eat good food. Great. But don't buy into the counterfeit. But this is just a social club. Don't buy into the counterfeit that we have to be stuffy Christians that are always constantly just wailing before the throne of God. I'm not saying don't pray. I'm not saying don't read your Bible. I'm saying do all those things. We buy into the lie that our personal preference should be the reason that we stay at a church. We buy into the lie that somehow you have to look a certain way, you have to, the music has to be this way, the preaching has to be this way, you know, and has to be encouraging, or maybe I just want hellfire and brimstone, that's all I want preaching-wise, just shame me into, into heaven. And yet, Scripture would tell us that you know, we're not supposed to do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. This is Philippians 2 through 4. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. You know, this is saying, this is Paul talking, and it's right before Paul starts talking about who Jesus is, and this is how we should have the likeness of Jesus. And Paul essentially is telling the Philippians, get over yourselves. Every single thing that you do should be done for the betterment of somebody else and not for you. Maybe we bought into the lie that every single thing that we do here at Emmanuel or every single thing that we serve in or any of those things, that it's just jewels in our crown that we get. The reality is, is that one day all those crowns are going to be at the feet of God anyway. But I think it's important that we don't buy into these counterfeits. We don't buy into the counterfeits of life. We don't buy into things. That, you know, that I was talking with Carly the other day, and we were talking about just counterfeit churches, counterfeit religions. You know one church that's doing really, really good right now? It's a counterfeit church. I love you. Okay, hear me. The LGBTQ movement, community, has become a church of love. It's become a church of acceptance no matter what. It's become a church of, you know what, this, this is really who we should be, right? We should be the church that is loving. That is accepting, not sitting there and saying that we accept the sin. I tr truly hear me on this. There are plenty of false churches all over. Whether it's a secular church or whether it's a false religion. We've come to this point of there's, there is 
counterfeit churches that we've bought into this lie. I don't want that to be us. I don't want that to be you. Maybe there's a place, Maureen, you can come. Maybe there's a place in your life right now that you've bought into the counterfeit. I really feel that. I feel like we've bought into the counterfeit this this ideology, this working of things that isn't necessarily what God would want. And maybe it is counterfeit in fulfillment or relationships or love. Maybe it's counterfeit in church. You bought into this Man, some of us, maybe we've bought into this thing of of church being like, we just come here, but it's still okay to sin. It's still okay to be in sin, and I can just hang out. And at some point in the road, there's going to be a moment where the line is drawn and you have to decide whether you're going to follow the counterfeit or the genuine thing. And I feel that the Lord just wants to speak to our hearts today. Maybe it's even right now the Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart and, hey, this is, you've believed, you've accepted the counterfeit, you've accepted this thing. You bought into the counterfeit maybe of you know, as, as long as you go to church on Sundays, as long as you check in and you can check out and you're good. And, and I've got my own life to live and it's my life plus Jesus, not Jesus plus my life. Reality is, is at the end of the day, you're going to have to make the choice. And the only way The only way that you can spot a counterfeit, there's only one way to do it. The only way to see the counterfeit is to know the real thing. The only way to know what a counterfeit life is, is to have the real life that Jesus gives. The only way to know and see the counterfeit of the church is to know and have relationship in church and the body of Christ. The only way to know the counterfeits of our lives are to know the genuine thing. And Jesus says, He is the way, the truth, the life. He is the genuine. Maybe you've bought into a counterfeit, counterfeit of popularity, counterfeit of love and acceptance, counterfeit of fulfillment, success, government, church, relationship. Maybe you've bought into the counterfeit. This morning, the Holy Spirit is here welcoming you into the genuine.
sitting there saying, the genuine's here. Come on in. Taste and see. Look at how good it is. So reality is, is again, the question is, you've been buying into the counterfeit. How's that going for you? How's that going for you? Odds are not very well. It's time. So we're just going to spend a few moments. Wherever we're at, wherever you're at, whether that you need to come to the altar and pray, just sit at your seat, whatever that looks like. We're just going to take a few moments. And we're going to pray. You're going to pray. Just ask, Lord, is there any counterfeit that I'm, that I'm falling into? Is there any counterfeit that I'm believing that I'm picking up? And then just ask, Lord, reveal the genuine thing to me. Give me the genuine love that I need. Give me the, the genuine success that you bring. Give me the genuine fulfillment. Help me to be fulfilled and take delight in you. Give me, Father, the life and that is the, to the fullest. That is the genuine. So we're just going to spend a couple moments just in quiet contemplation and then action towards Lord I want to be part of the genuine Let's spend a few moments seeking the Lord asking him that responding